This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of land on which we record. We record on the land of the Wurundjeri Willem people, and we would like to pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are having a conversation with Lawrence Strangio, director of the upcoming production of Three Sisters at La Mama Theatre in June. It is also on the VCE Theatre Studies Playlist 2021. What is different about the playlist this year is that students can see any show on the Theatre Studies playlist for Unit 3 or Unit 4. So what we've decided to do is separate the interview into three episodes. Episode 1 focuses on Unit 3, Episode 2 focuses on Unit 4, and Episode 3 focuses on the elements of theatre composition. This is Episode 3, and it focuses on the elements of theatre composition. Without further ado, I bring you Lawrence Strangio on Three Sisters. Welcome back to the podcast, Lawrence Strangio. Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much for being here. So we're going to focus on elements of theatre composition. Everyone loves talking about them. <laughs> the language yeah, of the Yeah, we talk theater. about it all the time. Oh, yeah, everyone sits around in rehearsal, yeah. focusing on these elements. Yeah. Uh, so, Great topic. Yeah, uh, so cohesion, the unity and balance of various aspects of the interpretation. Do you think your piece is co- cohesive from the first moment to the last well, moment? Well, I certainly hope so. But it's, uh, yeah, look, there's there's a, certainly a driving, driving thought process behind it. So as I've mentioned in the other... Uh, sessions we've just had is you know the 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 take on this Chekhov is is much more through through a sort of absurdist prism, and and every sort of choice that we're making is trying to sort of heighten the notion of what what's what's real here and what is and what is sort of um, where does that 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 shift into the more strange or where does that shift into the more you know, abnormal or, or absurd, and 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 so that 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 sort of uh, that focus, I think, gives us the chance to be able to go. Okay, this is we need to play this scene in this way in order to to maintain that, but but also to sort of try and keep those those same things going throughout the play, so that there are little moments that are re- reflections of previous moments that have happened, and and you know there are that there are repetitions that there are. Um, you know, gestures and things like that that people can say, oh, okay, I see that that's developed across the course of the play. Um, so like that return to Moscow is yes, one example. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that exactly. And, and so those sort of things give, give you a sort of uh, a, a, a framework to, to, be, to be constantly referring back to. And, and so that, I suppose that, that's, that's the way that we would sort of see it as, as being a cohesive... Uh, journey from one thing to the even though even one, one one point of the play to the end even though there may be you know various sort of stylistic shifts within within each act or within each within the presentation of each act cool and the the lighting sound set design and costume design they're all from the same world well yeah I, and interestingly too because you know we've got live music as part of the show so that's that's something i haven't mentioned in the part of other podcasts and it's it's one of those those elements that i think is Sort of driven us throughout the piece is is having a performer who plays a plays a role in fact plays two possibly even three one could say roles because there's two characters that are almost like symbiotic 
um, that also is a musician and and is constantly um, adding stuff in as part of the, of either a, a, a sort of a, a, an underscore, but also at times as part of the of the the diegetic part of the the, the sound too. Like so, some things are are outside. The, the, the some some of the music is actually outside the world, but some of the music is within the world. There's a party scene, all those sorts of those sorts of elements. Or as the as the army leaves at the end, that they're all sort of part of the story, and and using those sorts of elements, but keeping them as performative things rather than as something that's sort of coming from a, a you know a, 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 a recorded sound you know. Um, Version that, that that it's it's all within the world and 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 yeah certainly lighting wise we're trying to sort of go with something that both starts normal but then slightly shifts somewhere so that it's you know that it, we sort of heighten aspects of the you know what's what's actually really going on here rather than it sort of all sort of living within a sort of naturalistic realistic um, you know setting that things sort of shift just ever so subtly but at the point where you actually then go oh actually i've noticed something's changed here um and again with you know with the costume and the, and the set design like i was saying before that there are there are parts of that that, that just gradually get stripped away and 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 so there are there are elements that are there at the beginning but that that, that you notice have gone or have been um you know have been i suppose you know sequestered off in, into other parts of the space Really clear. Um, motion. You mentioned that motion might play a role within the piece. The thrust stage, the entrance and exits of actors, yeah. or other things. Yeah, and and the the fact that certainly there's quite a quite a you know because the stage is essentially bare, but it but it gets populated with eleven people by the end, or by well, not by the end, but populated with eleven people at various times throughout the play actually. Um, and that there is there's a you know that that it's really a constant shifting of you know where where is the focus where is the you know where is the dynamic and one of the things we've been playing with in particular is is given that we we are working against the notion of having other objects like furniture within the room how do you then create that dynamic with of of where is the focus within the scene through the the way that people move throughout that scene you know the the times of day the the, the shift of time over the, over the course of the play over four different years and four different acts and the the the, the sense too that there's you know that there's a, a you know a world that's beyond the room or the place that they happen to be in you know certainly in in the last act too when we're actually meant to be outside in the garden how do we show that and but also is, is that is that about the way that people relate to that space differently to the, the way that you might relate to being in a room uh but also you know what what's the world beyond here where does the duel happen you know where is the where is the army leaving from you know where is the town where the where the farewell was given to the army where's the house now you know that where's the river beyond that they keep on talking about so there's a there's this sort of sense of 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 uh i suppose of of a of a dynamic that's that's not just what's going on within the space, but also what's beyond it, what's beyond those fourth walls. Great. Uh, rhythm. How does that... You've got live music, which is really exciting, but also the rhythm of the language, the, the, that yeah, kind of echoing. Look, certainly, I mean, one of the things we sort of haven't talked much about in the other ones, but in, in creating the translation, one of the key things for me was wanting to have a, a, a language that was both... Um, strong and rigorous but at the same time was was true to the 
to the original, but not stuffy, not not caught up in a particular time zone or at a particular place, but but also not not full of English idioms. So there are certain Russian, you know, phrases and whatever that sound really odd when you translate them literally. And we've kept that oddness that's there so that it sounds like we're not trying to just, we're not, I, I can't think of one in, at the moment, but I'm trying to, I can think of one of the example of one that we've kept, but but I'm trying to think that there's there's also things that, that tend to get smoothed out into English phrases and English idioms, and we've we've tried to really avoid idiomatic phrases that are that are that that make sense to us as, as English speakers, but wouldn't be the way you would say it in another language. But for instance, there's a there's one that that really really threw us for a long time, which is uh, one of the responses that one of the characters has is like butter from a cow and it's like what does that mean you know what is that eat what 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 is that is that a metaphor is it you know if it's a metaphor what is it for and and we we spoke to various russian speakers who said well there's no sort of particular idiom it's not like a particular phrase that people use to say something or not it's it's been chosen for that time but or for that for that character that at that point in the play and there's a Within that, we, we discovered that, that the phrase that this character uses it rhymes with the phrase of the question that he's asked before, and so we we went to we went with okay, how do we make that phrase rhyme but still keep to the exact words rather than make it sound like a forced rhyme? So I think that the the question now is what um, how's your health now? Like butter from a cow, and it's got this sort of smarmy or snarky sort of response to it, like it's like a, a slap back at the character that's just asked that question. But it, but it also sounds odd, and, and we kept the oddness. We didn't sort of make it, oh, I'm fine, which, is, which could be which is what some of the other translations say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know, it's, it's, so rather than something that's, that's sort of boring or rather than something that sort of sounds like, a, like an English phrase, um, we've actually gone with a phrase that's much more odd, but still has that rhythmic quality that rhyme, the, the, the rhyme itself, but also that sort of strange jarring quality in terms of what do you mean by like butter from a cow? Anyway, that's a strange, it's a strange example. But it's to a specific but it is, example. Yes, because, because, you know, the, the notion of the language and the rhythm of the language is very important. And, 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 you know, the audacity to actually sort of even think of, translating Chekhov um, and I don't speak Russian I you know I worked with Adam who does speak Russian and and but going through phrase by phrase going through moment by moment character by character and you begin to understand oh this person speaks in this particular way Vashinin tends to go in long phrases that have lots of subordinate clauses within them you know the Tuzenbach tends to speak in very short but aspirational phrases and then you may have other characters like Kaligan who likes to throw in constant Latin phrases every now and then and, and is also having lots of little ellipses every now and then so he doesn't sort of finish sentences very often. So there's, you know, there, you, you discover that there are particular language rhythms that are in there. And then, of course, that translates in, then into a staged rhythm in terms of what, the way the characters behave on stage. My rehearsal process is, is one that uses language as, as the as the starting point for physicality and then turns that physicality back into language again at the end it's hard to describe what that means but 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 it, it means that but 
I, well, I have to describe it in terms of what what that process is in a short way, but but what it does mean, I suppose, is that is that the language itself provides you with a physical rhythm, and then that physical rhythm feeds back into then the way that the words come out. So, so yeah, the language is the start. It's always going to be the starting point, and and but it does but it does then translate into a into a spatial and and physical gestural behavioral way and even by the fourth act i think you're saying that the performance the rhythm has changed as well from this kind of energetic hopeful for moscow and then by the end it's kind of a bit more sparse the yes rhythm actually shifts from quite maybe fast-paced to then more slow and language, yes but... and and more dreamlike in fact by the end but but then at the end you know the the the, the final choice of the play which has these three beautiful long speeches by the the three sisters the way that we've done that which i'm not going to describe now so you can come and see it, um, you know, does also then offer a lot of hope. You know, there is a hope that's there. Whether it's, whether it's a misplaced hope, that's another question. But, but there's no point in, in the play if the play is just going to end with a gloomy note. You know, it's, it's really got to still keep going upwards. And, and again, you know, rhythmically, it's, you know, that, that's the thing is, is you, want, you want the play to become something that's... that's, that's, that's evoking something beyond at the end you don't want it to sort of um it, it it it's it ends quite poetic and 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 you know that again that's it's you know it's an indicator that you have to end in that in that style you can't you can't stay within a sort of naturalistic world yeah embrace what the playwright wants in that moment uh what do you think is a, an aspect of the interpretation that is given emphasis what's one thing that you're like this is what we're focusing on my interpretation or our interpretation this is something that we find yeah, important. Yeah, look, I, I, again, I suppose I'd come back to the absurd and, you know, that, that things that, that we think are, are quite ordinary and normal, that we, that we suddenly can just pull the rug on them and, and really, you know, undercut those moments. That, that to me, is something that's really important in, in finding a way of, of a, a, at any point where it starts to sort of seem like we're sort of going down a very um, normal path, uh, you know, to then suddenly, what's the thing that can jar this? What's the thing that can, that can, you know, throw this off kilter? Interesting. Thank you. Uh, contrast. Juxpo- juxt- contrast, the juxtaposition or seeming different or opposing aspects or qualities. Yeah, yeah so, well, you know, a particular aspect to talk about there would be, so the, the doubling character that goes, that I mentioned earlier, there's a character... Um, called Tuzenbach and he's a baron he's a member of the army at the start of the play and he's in love with Irina who's the youngest sister there's also another character called Solyoni who's also um, in the army he's a captain Um, he doesn't have nobility Um, he too is in love with Irina Um, he's a very brooding and um, you know miserable sort of character makes it makes these horrible comments at people all the time like you know that baby was mine I'd fry it up and eat it um, things like that you know the sort of thing you would say to a young to a mother um, and um, and uh, those two characters are both played by the same actor so one of the things we've been looking at is sort of what are the differences in the way that they exist but also those two characters are good friends they are, they are friends with each other they get along well even though they have, you know, um, squabbles and, uh, you know, there's one point where Tristan Mark says, you know, you're always picking on me and, and oh, I've never picked on you, you know. And, and they actually have, a char- they have conversations with each other. There's one actor playing both parts. And so 
we've had to really look at you know what are the, what are the aspects of this character that that make that very clear and there's, it's not like you know we're just going to change hats or change voices or whatever it's really just about the whole manner of the person has to shift on a dime it has to shift within the breath of i'm now this person now i'm that person uh and and so being particularly clear about you know what a what a Solioni's qualities, what a Tuzenbach qualities. You know what is what is the where do they overlap? Where do they? There's a there's a scene where where Tuzenbach you know expresses his love for Ravina. There's another scene later on where Solioni expresses his love for Ravina. Given that they're both played by the same person, you could you could quite easily believe that you know or you could quite easily blur those. How do we make those quite clearly distinct, even though they might use very similar phrases and very similar language, or they have very similar, you know, expressions of of, um, of adoration for this for the same character for for the for the, that, that same sister? So it's it's about being very very clear about what each of those characters' needs or or um, qualities are. And, and being able to see that contrast within them. For me, you know, they, they are like two sides of the one coin. Those and so that's been the sort of driving idea behind behind that you know, that, that choice to, to have that as a doubled part. Um, you know, it's been one that it, it, it could fail. It could be it could be a disaster. But it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one to play with, and and you know, it, it's it, without sort of trying it, there'd be you know, there's what's the point? You you got to you know got to find something that that's interesting to to, to you know to to explore in in that way, and and you know in the end, one character kills the other. So you know, make of that what you will. But there's a you know the the the, the idea of it is is an is an interesting one, and 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 you know the 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 process to realize that, which has never sort of been, oh, that's easy, we'll just do that. It's, it's, it's always been something we've had, we've had to think, we'll, we'll have to play with that, we'll have to explore that. And, and yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what makes making theatre much more interesting, if you actually got something to grapple with. Agree 100%. And the <clears> last one, variation. I imagine, I'm just guessing, that's going to be connected to the three sisters or the four heroines, but perhaps not. Like yeah, well, that, that's certainly a very a very good way to focus it, I suppose. The, um, <clears throat> the, the sisters themselves, you know, they, are, they operate almost as a unit, but they're, they're such a diversity within them. You've got you know, this it's typical sort of siblings. You've got the oldest the older sibling who has that sense of responsibility. You've got the middle sibling who carries some sort of burden of, you know, disgruntlement. And then you've got the younger sibling who's full of hope and light and all of those sorts of things. But of course, you know, they're they're all they're all they operate as a single unit as well and they all come together in some ways and certainly by the end of the play they do. And then even then they have their separate paths within their divergent speeches at the end and you know that that notion of of how do i see this through this character's eyes how do we see this moment through that character's eyes how do we see this moment through the third character's eyes you know there's the you've got their 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 responses to different bits of news that happen you know when when the when the duel happens at the end the responses of the three sisters are very different when the 
you know, when they they hear about the army moving on, their responses are very different. It's it, it, you've got all of those that are sort of there, evident within this, within the text, but also how do you show, as well as showing their diversity, how do you show their unity as a, as a, a unit of of three sisters? Because you know that's you know that's the thing is that they they are they still operate as a unit. They still have a uh, they, they start to play together on stage, they end to play together on stage. Uh, there's, you know, nobody goes, nobody leaves in the middle. Uh, you know, that, that, that sense of their, of their being, uh, them being sort of a, a singularity as well as a, as a diversity of, of, of points of view, it, you know, it's important to sort of be able to embody all of that. Absolutely. And will that variation come across through costume elements or prop items or anything yeah, like look, that? Yeah, look, I suppose, well? you know, Chekhov, Chekhov's very specific about the way that they dress. At the very start of the play, you know, he talks about the fact that Olga's dressed in the blue, the blue uniform of a school teacher, um, that Masha is dressed in black, and even later on he says, you know, Masha dressed as usual in black. And then, you know, that arena is dressed in white at the beginning. And and you don't... And so, you know, that sort of sense of a, of a very strong symbolic colour for each of them and and a very... You know, a very um, oh, what's the word? Uh, that they have a... That, you know, that they each embody a particular quality as a result of that. You know, that there's... You know, you... Costume-wise, of course, it's there, but then, you know, it's then how does that then play out within gesture? How does that then play out within, um, you know, the way that they that they express themselves verbally? How does that play out in the way that they uh, they they move within on the, on the stage? You know, that they, that they all have a different quality that's that's quite particularly theirs. But but you know, Chekhov's already said that, you know, there's this element is you know set set set. You know, it's it, there's a so you have to you have to sort of trust that 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 bold choice that's being stated by him at the start gets carried through in in other elements as well. Amazing, all the elements of theatre composition in the Three Sisters. Thank you so very much for your time today, Lawrence. You're Strangio. welcome, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> that is the last of three episodes where we have spoken to Lawrence Strangio about Three Sisters playing at La Mama. If you haven't listened to episode one and two, I strongly encourage you to go and do that. They are fascinating. A huge thanks to Maureen Hutley and to Alicia Ben Lawler and, of course, Lawrence Strangio for making these episodes possible. If you'd like to find out more about Three Sisters, you can go to lamama.com.au. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.